The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. And I am super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace, defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. I want you to imagine right now living a life of peace every day. You, peace. No matter what seems to be going on in your external world, I want you to feel that sense of peace. Inhale it in, hold that breath for just a second, and then a complete Exhale through the mouth and decide, make the decision, because only you can make that internal decision for yourself, that in this moment, this moment is whole, it is complete, there is nothing missing, there is nothing broken, this is the totality of you in this moment, not the moment before that, not five or six moments in the future, just this moment, one moment at a time. And because I want you to know this, that yes, everyday peace is possible. You can be whole, you can be complete in this moment. Yes, you deserve peace every day. And yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And if you missed the interview we had with Karen Warner, you owe it to your to yourself and to your family and friends to go back and listen to that. She provided tips on how caregivers can prioritize their own mental health. Listen, we all know that many people will have the opportunity and responsibility to care for their loved ones. And sometimes we can become so involved in that care because we want the best for them, that we neglect our own care. But we must remember that if we are an empty vessel, we cannot give our highest quality of care. So listen to that show. Encourage someone that you know to listen to that show about caregivers going back and prioritizing their own mental health, making that a priority. Also on that show, you're going to hear um, Vanessa Sasson. She gave a beautiful, refreshing feminist view to the story of Yosahara, uh, the Buddhist, 
and the woman behind the man, behind the Buddha, right? We often hear, and she and I talked extensively. She's an awesome person to listen to. The show was amazing. Uh, we often hear about the hero that's in the public eye. But we know that when, whenever there is a person, whether it be a male or a woman, who is in the public eye, there is a whole team of people behind that individual, right? Taking care of things, making sacrifices. And she tells that story um, of the of the woman that was in the shadows. And it's a beautiful story. And I encourage you to lift, to lift your spirits up by also listening to that story. She's, Vanessa is an amazing storyteller. I guarantee you, you will not be sorry that you listened to that. You can access this show and our entire library of shows by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or you can listen to them on the unityonlineradio.org website. You can also listen to them on the new and improved drdravonjames.com website. This website includes transcripts from past shows, words of wisdom and encouragement, excerpts from my book, contact information, uh, and you can get... um, Show notes. Uh, so for, for those of you who like to go ahead and read the show notes, I know it's a number of you who talked to me about that. Um, we also have free courses available, so you can go there and get your free course. The, again, that website is drdravonjames.com. Please bookmark that um, on your device and visit often. Well, guys, we're here. Uh, we're doing this again. Why do we? Why do we gather? You guys know why we gather? We gather so that we can encourage one another. There is strength in numbers. There's also accountability in numbers, right? We started off our year with the theme of what are we waiting for? And it's so important that that answer be nothing. We are no longer waiting for anything, meaning that we're taking control as the leader of our physical lives and saying that if it is to be, it is up to me. Whatever that is, whether you're looking for uh, new advancements in your career, your business, your health, your relationships, whatever that is, whether you're learning how to become more aware of yourself, wherever you need to advance, it's going to take action. And you are the one to decide to breathe life into your next level of greatness. We bring the wonderful guests on and Today, we have an amazing guest, Forrest Rivers, who is going to be here talking to us about the spiritual awakening um, that occurred as a result of COVID-19. So you want to hear this show. And just like all of our other shows, we're gathering for the purpose of igniting ourselves, shaking ourselves awake so that we can get about the business, go about the business of moving into our next level of greatness. So um, we've been focusing on talking about letting go right this show is really designed to inspire us and to teach us and to encourage us and most importantly to shed light on the path to a door in our life that causes us to let go of yesterday and in this moment right now to decide to take action on beginning our journey to forever how do we do that what we are discussing essential steps of letting go. So we've been doing that. We've been talking about these essential steps to letting go. And we talked about how important it was not to take anything too personally, right? Um, to stay in the present so you don't miss the magic of this moment. To let go of the belief that you are not enough. And today we're talking about 
let go of making decisions based on the opinions of others. You know how we do that. We decide that we won't do this because, my goodness, how would our family feel about that? Or what if we failed? Or they know how many times we've tried before and they just think we're a flake. It's a number of things. What are the neighbors going to say? And what are the children going to say? A better question is, what are you going to say about you when you give yourself permission to live your life out loud, to present your true self to the world, to take off the mask and never mind the opinions of other people. This is part of the process of letting go of yesterday and embracing this moment and all the magic that it has for you. That is our everyday peace moment. And with that, we're going to start. I'm going to introduce my fabulous guest today, Forrest Rivers. Forrest Rivers is the author of COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening. Now, understandably, COVID-19 has been a mass, has had mass chaos and unspeakable tragedy for many people. However, Forrest, as an author and inspirational speaker, maintains in his newly released and highly uplifting book, COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening, that if we are able to still our minds and be fully immersed in this moment, we can start to see a different narrative emerging. I am excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the show, Forrest. Hey, thank you so much, Dr. James, for having me here. I am uh, very grateful to be with you and your audience. Oh, we're 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 grateful to have you too, and and we and we have the um entire show together because I feel like this is such a big topic. There's a lot going on with the COVID nineteen pandemic, and um, you know, we just when we thought we were out of the woods, you know, we get all the variants, and you know, we're seeing some resurgence, and now we're going into flu seasons. And as a healthcare professional, I can tell you, people are starting to panic all over again, and it is refreshing to know a few things about life one of which there's always the unknown and the second to me is that there's more to this than what meets the eye right there is a, there is something beautiful that's happening here too and i love your take on the spiritual awakening that's occurring so we're excited i'm excited for you to tell us more about that but before we get there you have an amazing story of your own that led to your uh, eye-opening, awake, inspiring, awakening in your own life. Tell us a little bit about where you've been, what you're doing, and what has inspired you to write this book. Yeah, so, um, you know, like many people, I've, I've uh, you know, been, been down in the trenches with my own suffering, if you will. Um, and I think many of your viewers and listeners can relate to the to that. Um, my suffering came in the form of about with, uh, you know, a, a serious drinking problem um, that went on for about 12, 13 years where I, I couldn't put down the bottle. And it came from battling with my own uh, inner demons and my own um, lack of self-confidence in myself. And uh, yeah, it led me through a deep period of abuse. And then I had this beautiful, profound experience uh, on a trip to Maui, Hawaii, 
I had an absolute blessing to be able to spend a period out there. It was about 10 days. And the transcendent beauty of nature gave me a sense of connection I had never felt before, an inherent oneness, uh, a unity with all that is. Uh, Many of the topics that you talk about on your show uh, embrace that inherent unity and that oneness. And that's what I felt on that island. You know, I, it was a series of daily nature hikes that really sparked this within me. Uh, absolutely breathtaking sunsets and vistas of the ocean on one side and the mountains on the other. And it just awoke something in me that had never been there. I wasn't even aware of before. Call it God, call it the Tao, call it oneness. But I became aware of that underlying reality, that fabric of our existence that is within us. And something happened to me there. And I came back from Maui and I became very interested in Eastern uh, religion and began immersing myself in a meditation center and joined a sangha. Um, And I worked with a teacher who specialized in working with addiction. He himself had been an addict. Um, and we, I just, it just really spoke to me and, uh, you know, and I started reading all the sacred texts and the Tao Te Ching and the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita and, and all the texts that really began to speak to me. And then, uh, due to a certain set of circumstances, I, I was, uh, laid off from my teaching job. They thought that I was, uh, that I was too, quote, radical, I didn't really know how to incorporate my spiritual awakening into the confines of academia. And I had a year uh, paid, if you can believe it, where they paid me off for a year. And I used that opportunity to move off to the mountains. And uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, I moved off to the Smoky Mountains and explored uh, the awakening even further and immersed myself in nature. And uh, yeah, now I teach meditation. I, uh, you know, and I, and I wrote a book uh, called COVID-19 and Humanity Spiritual Awakening. And I was motivated to write this book due to a sense of wanting to provide a counter to all of the understandable suffering and anxiety and fear that people were feeling in the early days and still are of this pandemic. Uh, and I wrote the book from March of 2020 to November of 2020. And it just tackled, it basically, it tackled different themes of the idea of how we could use this tremendous moment of suffering for our own personal empowerment and spiritual uplift. And I, and I felt like the pe- people needed to hear a positive message that countervailed all the fear and anxiety. Um, and it was part, to be, a, to be truthful, it was part therapy for myself, too, to make sense of everything that was happening. So that's, that's what sort of brought me here today. Oh wow! Thank you for thank you for sharing that for us. And there's so many uh, pearls of wisdom in your story. Um, 
I've never been, as I told you before the show, I've never been to Maui, but I've heard uh, stories much like yours of people going there and being taking these nature walks and experiencing the uh, awakenings much like yours, whether it be uh, things that they were struggling with emotionally, physical addictions, all sorts of things are happening there. So I know there is some some energy around that. Um, or maybe it is, too, uh, just getting out into nature like that. I think sometimes in our society, we're so busy and so indoors all of the time and connected to devices that we are not grounded in, in getting what we need from the from the earth. Maybe if we connected anywhere, right here in the middle of Maryland, where I am, um, we could have that same awakening. But I do hear that a lot, that it happens in Hawaii. So there's a problem oh. <laughs> to go to Hawaii oh, for gosh. Well, and you said it all right there, Dr. James. It's the transcendent beauty of the earth. It's the most grounding force. And I can't stay away from it. I'm I'm addicted. I live in the mountains now. I that's my addiction now. My addiction now is being in nature as much as every single day. I, it's, it's literally a part of my lifestyle. It's a part of my life. It's, it's my great, the earth is my greatest teacher. Um, and, and I really, you know, I, I really mean this. Nature has been my salvation and there is something about Maui in particular that, 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 sparked that, you know, in me. And it's just uh, an unbelievably special place. And the energy there, whew, it's on a, it's on another level in terms of that spirit connection. I, I can't put it any other way. It's a spirit connection. Yeah, you've, you've, you've convinced me because I've heard so many people talk about it. And as I'm listening to you, I can feel this like rumbling in my stomach saying, yes, that's my next location. I've got to go there because something about that energy, it has to be. And so you come back from there and I, I, I think it's so funny how or funny in a curious yet almost predictable way that once we make up our mind sometimes to to go towards our healing as you did you know to follow what we naturally call you were then challenged with um with you know the job situation and all of that and you know but in that challenge right they see you know there there is also a blessing that you have you know they say okay we're going to give you a year's severance pay and we oh, it was it was an absolute bless. When I look back on that now, that was one of the most uh, uh, profound turning points in my life. And I I often come away with thinking now that any adversity that we face, if we just it's it's always it's always how we approach that adversity. If we meet that adversity with the mindset of Yes, this is definitely one door closing, but then there's the other side of that. There's one door opening. And out of every adversity, I truly believe it, and it sounds cliche, there is an opportunity for awakening, and there's an opportunity to take another leap in our consciousness. And, and that, that was a, uh, one of those moments for me. 
in every adversity, there is an opportunity for awakening. And I don't want our listeners to miss that because I know that for somebody listening to this call right now, they're in the middle of a battle that they would not have chosen. And um, there is something there beyond the battle. Yes, we, we have to do those things to take care of ourselves, to take care of our families, but be, be encouraged and be on the lookout. Stay curious as to what that awakening is. What are you awakening to? What is the purpose of this? Whatever that this is, I'm sure, and your story uh, says this to me, um, that it, whatever that is, it hasn't come to destroy you. That was not the purpose of even this COVID-19. And we, we have all lost loved ones, myself included, um, during this time period. But there is, even in this, something more, some awakening that we are meant to um, open ourselves up to, to open ourselves up to. So I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that you said that. I don't want our listening audience to miss that. So going into your book, um, COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening, I understand you wanted to give people a different perspective as you know, another way to, to deal with the suffering and everything that was going on. Um, what, why should readers pick up this book? What's the number one reason why readers should pick up this this book? Yeah, I think I think the number one reason readers would want to pick this book up is to find the light, the an uplifting narrative that countervails all the fear and anxiety. I think this book will serve to inspire readers to use crisis moments like COVID for their own inner growth and personal evolution. So I think this book would definitely inspire any reader to use crisis moments for their own empowerment. And, and, I, really, uh, and I really do think that despite all of the Despite all of the overwhelming suffering, and I do not want to ever, ever minimize the amount of suffering people have been through. It has been a treacherous, to put it lightly, a treacherous time for many, many people. But what do we do with that suffering? That's the question I'm asking. What do we do with that suffering, and how can we use this suffering to... Make us some more peaceful, compassionate, and aware race of individuals. And I, I think for anyone looking for that answer, I, I don't. I, I think it might be in the book. You know that that I offer. I don't necessarily have the answer. I don't believe I have answers to anything, but I, I have some ideas. I should say of how this moment, this great moment of crisis can actually be um, adopted in a way that uh, pushes us along in our evolution. Yeah, I, I get that from the book as well, you know, that the crisis moments are for inner growth. But what do we mean when you, when you say the phrase spiritual awakening? I think we hear that phrase a lot, but people yeah. don't really understand what that means. Yeah, so... I understand spiritual awakening, and this is just my interpretation, so please, to all the listeners, take it with a grain of salt. It's one of those phrases that could be subjectively interpreted, but 
when I use the term spiritual awakening, I'm really referring to like two things. And one is it, when I think of a spiritual awakening, I think of coming to a greater awareness or understanding that this physical world that we inhabit is only one facet of who and what we are, that there's a deeper underlying fabric to our being, call it the spirit, call it the celestial realm, call it the ultimate of ground of being, whatever term you want to use for it, that we're a part of. And in that realm, everything is connected mysteriously and beautifully as one. And that's what I mean by awakening, coming to an understanding that we are souls first, inhabiting these bodies, incarnation to incarnation. So when I use that term awakening, I mean like coming to awareness that that is who we really are at our core. And of course, following off of that, when I use spiritual awakening, I mean an understanding that we're all part of that mysterious divine web that is that includes everything in it and and that is that underlying reality we are all part of some mysterious cosmic web uh, the trees are part of it we're part of it humans the the animals and plants are part of it the universe is part of it it's, it's all one it's it's this mysterious creation that we're all a part of and i and that's what i that's what i mean when i use that term spiritual awakening yeah, as, as you're saying that for us, you know, it, it almost sounds to me, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but it almost seems like the the spiritual awakening is the cure for loneliness and feeling like an outsider and all of these emotional things that we feel that sort of drive our actions sometimes when we feel separate or separated or isolated. And when you when we realize that we are part of a whole. Right, and that our existence is connected to the existence of everything, even the trees and the blade of grass, and that we are part of this whole fabric. It it makes you it it's this sense of peace. Is that you know how I talk about peace? The definition of peace being wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. But I hear that in your in this very simplistic. Um, definition that you're giving for spiritual awakening I get that feeling that when we are awakened we don't see um, our separateness and things anymore the the illusion of separation dissolves mm -hmm. that that veil that veil that keeps us thinking like you just said Dr. James that we are separate that dissolves and you start realizing again that you're one with the trees and with the mountains and you're one with the madman. You're one oh, with gonna, the police officer. You're, right, you're and, one I, with and I hear our theme songs. We're going to pick that up when we come right back. You are one with the madman and the police officer. We are amazingly blessed to have you with us. We'll be right back after the break. <laughs> We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. And our fabulous guest today is Forrest Rivers, the author of the book, COVID-19 and the Spiritual Awakening. Just before the break, we were talking about the, uh, the spiritual awakening and being at one one and we were you know sort of joking but really serious that you we are one with the police officers the madman not that they're the same don't mean to imply that at all but uh, the person that uh anybody the person that you see um begging change on the street or the ceo of a major corporation uh to the baby that's just being born in this moment to the blade of grass that we're paying no attention to when to have this awareness that there is no separation between us and that which we profess to love and that which we profess to be in direct opposition with that we are that we are one with that and for us and and i don't know i'll let you expound on this but for me that is so comforting and it takes this whole judgment out of me like uh you know to say something is good or bad or right or wrong when i realize Mm. that that thing is also me when you when you have an awakening and everybody can have their awakenings in such different ways that's what i've learned to appreciate too you know one person could find it like we were just having a conversation right dr james during the break how you can have it during uh, a jog, you know, through the town. You can get that runner's high and feel that weightlessness uh, and and feel yourself merging with everything that is around you. You can experience it through the birth of a newborn. You can experience it at, through a mountaintop experience, literally in nature. You can feel it, um, you know, in any number of ways you can, you can experience that awakening. But one of the things that... Um, you know, one of the things that it that it does is it takes you completely outside of yourself, and it real and you makes you realize that there are no good bad. There is no evil good. Like everything just is, and everything is a is a is a mysterious interplay of countervailing forces merging upon each other. You know, and it, and so when it when you do that, it strips away all of the separation that we normally our thinking minds normally are attached to. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to go pick up this caller who's been on the line patiently waiting. Hello, you're on the air with Everyday Peace and Dr. Drayvon James, and our fabulous guest today is Forrest Rivers. Did you have a question or a comment? Oh. Yes, absolutely. He's fascinating. I mean, this is very fast. So I had um, two questions, if I may. The first question is, um, I'm loving everything you're saying about um, having an awakening, and you had yours. And so my question, that question is two-part. One, how do you know, um, how does a person know, and I guess it's different for everybody, but how do you know when you've experienced that awakening? Because I don't feel like I have yet at all, and I've been waiting and waiting. And then the second thing is, are there things you can do to maybe to clear your mind and your your soul and your heart and, you know, try to 
rid yourself of all the you know demons of insecurity and self-doubt and all these things as I was listening to you talking and a lot of what you were talking about you had with yourself I had the same thing and so I, those are the um yeah those are the two questions that I had like how do you know and then can you prepare yourself or is it as you said you know you said things are just what they are and so it does it just have to happen and you can't make it happen. Yeah, I oh what a what a what an amazing like two incredibly thoughtful questions. Uh I, I mean I I think yes, it needs to just happen. When the awakening happens, you just sort of know. For me to try to put that moment into words almost corrupts the experience of it itself. Uh-huh. You'll yes. you'll know you'll know when it happens. It's 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 almost like a shift in your figuring ground when it does happen. Your entire perspective of how you approach life begins to shift. There isn't so much when when you've had that awakening. The only way I can really say is that you're seeing the world through a new pair of eyes that doesn't see things as separate anymore. Things are more interrelated and connected and and you don't put as much judgment on things you just everything is just as it is that that's really the best way i can explain it and it when it happens you'll know and by the sounds okay. of your voice you you you're you're probably on the cusp or of having it if not already had major glimpses of that um and as for the second part of that question, you know, there are some things you can do. Uh, meditation is something that I highly recommend to everybody. Uh, just quieting your mind. You, you had mentioned, what can I do to kind of quiet my soul or clean out my soul? And meditation is a wonderful practice. I, you don't even have to use the term meditation, prayer. Just establishing mm-hmm. time every day. For, for prayer and meditation, um, and then getting out into nature. Oh, my gosh, I can't emphasize enough how much nature plays a role in cleansing one's spirit. You know, it, and it doesn't have to right. be, it doesn't have to be uh, going, climbing a mountain. You can go <laughs> garden, or you can go, you can just go sit outside on a park bench in the middle of a city and experience that, that same kind of level of peace that I'm talking about. Um, right, right. Yeah, so I, I recommend spending some time in nature, meditation, and then lastly, and maybe most important, getting involved in some kind of like service to others. I think there's no other wow. way to, to awaken the heart than, than engaging in, in the spirit of service. Okay, thank you so much. No, thank you. Those are absolutely fantastic questions and the last thing i'd say too is awake is just because you have your moment of awakening doesn't mean you're awakened uh i'm i'm not yeah i am not i am not i want to emphasize to the audience here i am not awakened i do not consider myself you know an awakened or enlightened being and i think anyone who would say that has a lot of work clearly to do on themselves and you know so so I think you, you have that, you have, I think more accurately to say, as I'm thinking this through more, you, you have an awakening, yes, but then 
it, it, it's a continual unfolding of numerous mm-hmm. awakenings, if that makes sense. So, yes, yes, it does. Um, yeah, yeah. I love the question. Thank you so much for calling in. And again, oh. thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. And a thank you, caller. Dr. James, for another great show. Thank you. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. You all said something that I thought was um, really insightful, and it probably speaks to the hearts of many mm-hmm. of our listeners, is um, this the idea of having to um, or being able to uh, clean out your soul clean i think and, and when i work at my coaching clients i've haven't i haven't had anyone say it just that way but that is a profound sentence because i think this is the source of guilt uh, for a lot of people is that they have things that they're holding on to or strongholds and you mentioned in the beginning of the show that you went to maui and you get this uh, awakening and awareness that led you down the path to uh, sobriety And so uh, I know a lot of people are blocked from their awakening because they are ashamed that they have this heaviness that they feel that they need to clean out their soul. I will never forget that phrase. Thank you for saying it. Um, Oh, it's a beautiful phrase. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And so, so much, so much comes to my Mm. mind. I know I'm going to have to sit after we have our talk today. I'm going to have to sit and just, um, ponder that phrase clean out your soul because so much comes to mind when i hear you say that but you mentioned that ways to clean out your soul and i just want to um say them again for our listening audience and and maybe you want to talk about them a little bit i don't know but you said that once was meditation and you talked about prayer as a form of meditation and i would also add just stillness and quiet is a form of meditation too right if we could find that stillness right and uh, I mean that, that could and that could take and that could take the form of uh, you know the study of various scriptures. That could take the form of sitting in quiet and and writing poetry or or uh, or painting. You know, it could take the form of creative expression. It could take the form of just bonding with an animal. You know, it, it, there's a lot that qualifies for sitting in stillness. Oh my gosh, yes. And I want to say this is uh, the ultimate form of self-love, in my opinion, is uh, this taking time to be still. Especially, Mm. uh, you know, there are a thousand things uh, that we could be doing. And we we live in a society where we are encouraged to multitask. And we're almost, um, you know, browbeaten if we say that we, you know, we don't want to mount the task or we do want to just sit and be for a moment. Right. And, but mm. it is so very important. Um, if we're talking about this, you know, cleaning out of one's soul or oh, how amazing is that and how freeing that would be. And so if, if this is accessible to us and it is by uh, this form of meditation, being in the stillness and then, Secondly, oh, only because we said it second, <laughs> is service to others. And I want to mm-hmm. say that um, I've not had a guest on the show yet, and I've had lots of guests on the show, who has come about any great thing in their life by any other means than their desire to serve others, including yourself. You know, you said you wrote this book because you wanted to provide others with a different narrative um, for the suffering 
in in the COVID-19 pandemic. There is something about this act of giving and being in service of that really does unburden the soul. To use the phrase of the last caller, it truly cleans out the soul. Service and giving, it just, it just, just does something to the soul that transforms it from the ego mind to the spirit heart. And that's it. I mean, there's nothing else I can really say. It's, there's a reason why in the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of my most influential texts I read, there's a reason why Krishna, when he's teaching Arjuna, his disciple, he says to him, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, that the highest spiritual act is found through the spirit of service. That's it. There's nothing higher on the path than serving others. It's truly cleansing and liberating for one's soul. And uh, I, I think if if anybody is confused about who they are or what they are, go serve. And mm. those answers will start to come to you in, intuitively. Oh, that's beautiful. In your service, you'll find clarity. I love, I yeah. love that. So, yeah, we talked about your book being a place that uh, people can find a spiritual awakening. And I love the fact that you said you don't give the answer to a spiritual awakening, but you read and, and, it, and it's there for everyone. They find it in their own uh, space and time. But how can people embrace suffering in a positive way? Like, and, and, and this is such a practical question, I think, and I really um, love to get your thoughts on this. People are suffering and they're in, the, and they're in that moment, right? You're in the moment of suffering. You're not in the philosophical, you know, waxing and waning or whatever, philosophical talking about the moment. You're actually in the moment and you're in the heat of this and you're so bothered you can't. How can you maybe let go or disconnect or, and I don't mean that in the worst form of way, I mean it in the most positive way, but how can you embrace this suffering in a positive way? What are there tools and techniques that people can use for that? Yeah, so, um, and, I, and I mentioned it before, but again, meditation is designed not for those moments when you're feeling peace and joy. I mean, it's great when you're in a great mood and you want to meditate and you get into that daily rhythm and the practice of it. But what meditation is really designed for, Dr. James, is those moments where the suffering is just so agonizing and it's just gripping your entire being, that's what, that's what meditation is truly for. It's for those moments of suffering. You, you practice it, you get into a daily routine during the good times, and you build that daily habit. So when the bad times come, when it's hardest, when you need the meditation the most, it's there. You've cultivated those habits. So again, I'd say meditation and prayer is the way to meet is the way to meet those moments and i use the term meditation and prayer kind of uh simultaneously because i believe personally and again this is just my interpretation that prayer is just simply the highest form of meditation it's a conversation between you and creation and what is prayer but an ongoing conversation with creation and that's it's all meditating, it doing all meditation is is stilling 
your mind to open up and become a clear channel, a clear soul, to be able to receive the messages and conversate with the universe. And that is so vitally important during a profound moment of suffering, like we're in right now. And, you know, it's interesting that during COVID, um, there was an interesting poll done. I'm trying to remember where it was from. It'll come to me. But it, but it found that more and more people than in the last 20 years have been turning to meditation and prayer as a way to try to deal with all of the, you know, the loss of loved ones, sickness and disease and job loss and job insecurity. People are turning to these time-tested methods to try to deal with this. Um, so I, I think, I, think uh, I can't emphasize enough to get through this suffering, prayer and meditation. And I would also add, Dr. James, the, the importance of community, the kind of spaces that you're providing, for example, through this program. Uh, when people are suffering, you know, there's that tendency to think that you're suffering alone and that no one understands your suffering, right? That, that makes that kind of suffering even worse, right? You know, when, when, you're, when you've hit rock bottom, when you're in the dark night of your soul, no one can possibly understand you say to yourself, this is perfectly natural to think this, that no one can possibly understand what I'm going through. Well, having like a community of fellow seekers who have been through the peaks and the valleys, who have hit rock bottom and then climbed the mountaintop and gotten through the suffering, you know, um, having a community of fellow seekers to engage with is so, so vitally important. And that's why I, I think spaces like what you're providing are vitally, vitally important for everybody. It gives us that sense that, oh, yes, there's other people who have been through what I'm going through and understand. And it's almost like we're charting roadmaps for each other how to get through the rough terrain. So oh, that's beautiful. I really believe that. I sincerely believe in, in, in the in the power of community and Sangha. Yeah, I absolutely do, too, that, that because one thing that I do know about uh, fear and worry is it does cause us to ruminate, continually think about those things and then isolate. And so that we become mm-hmm. our only counsel. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we become our only counsel and in our and in our pain and our suffering is seen. We seem to think that's right. So we are asking the questions and answering the questions all in such a way that keep us in more suffering. So if we do have that community or go out and look for that community, I guarantee you it's out there closer than you think. And- and that and that community is always is always a step away, a click away, a phone call away. I mean, look at. I mean, I feel like we just formed a community with this program with that one caller immediately. I immediately felt connected to that caller through simply a a, a third per- person phone call. I'm speaking to you, and then a third person calls in, and there's a community of three right there. I think it was a. Uh, yeah, it was Christ that said, wherever two may gather in my name, mm-hmm. I am there. You know, the, the community is, is, is a, powerful, a powerful tool to confront suffering. Yeah, I think that we cannot discount the power of one another in 
other. I absolutely agree with that. On that lines, I know you are doing amazing work. And I got to tell you, your voice and your presentation, your phraseology, all of that is very soothing and ignites growth in a very even, harmonious way. What are some spiritual teachers that you most admire that are that have influenced the way you write and the way you practice? <laughs> I gotta say the I gotta say the number one that that has I, it just immediately comes to mind and I, I I I love him with every ounce of my being though he's not with us in the physical form anymore is Ram Dass. Uh, Ram Dass is is unquestionably my most influential spiritual teacher. The man was a pure essence of humility, love, compassion, and action. Um, he shared all the pitfalls that he personally went through on the path in in a humorous and uplifting way. And then, you know, he walked the walk. Uh, Ram Das is, is without a doubt one of my most influential spiritual teachers. A lot of those teachers actually from the 60s and 70s were phenomenal. Uh, I absolutely love Stephen Levine, who was a close contemporary of Ram Das as well. Uh, I obviously love the witty humor uh, of an Alan Watts and Aldous, Aldous Huxley. Uh, all the 60s and 70s spiritual teachers were absolutely astounding to me, but not, none more than Ram Dass for me. Uh, just just absolutely profound, and frankly, that's who I, I draw most inspiration from, and I, I, I try to model my path after him as best I can, of course. I don't think I'm anywhere near to doing him justice, but I, but I try. And, and he's been, he's been a, uh, you know, absolute inspiration. And of course the, you know, the, uh, the, the ancient teachers, you know, the Buddha, Christ, uh, Krishna, uh, Lao Tzu, who wrote the Tao Te Ching, the ancient wisdom texts out there absolutely inspire me. And then, and then of course the teachers in my day to day life. I mean, we can't discount the the teachers that we encounter in our day-to-day life. For me, uh, I'm, I talk about her in the book a lot, uh, Myrtle Driver. She's a beloved woman of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians, which is about 45 minutes from where I live right now. And she's a dear friend of mine, and, and she's a Native American elder. And she's one of the most wisest giving people I've ever met. She's single-handedly is keeping has has worked to keep the uh, Cherokee language alive. She's been the, one of the most influential leaders of that movement, and to keep people practicing their 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 culture in, in the Eastern Band. She's been one of my most profound day to day spiritual teachers I can think of um, today. And of course, Dave Smith, who was my first meditation teacher, I mentioned when I got back from Maui. His, his love and compassion, uh, you know, really helped me through a difficult time and to help begin navigating the terrain of suffering. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, I, I think we're all a mix of ancient and contemporary teachers in our data, and we have day-to-day, uh, day-to-day teachers that, that show us the way. You have said so much, and i and I got to go back to a couple of things, navigate – the terrain of suffering. I love that phrase as well. So um, before we go on, we have about three or four minutes left. I do want to ask, um, 
for you to tell our listening audience so they have a time to, to get a pen and paper, write it down or put it in your device. How can they um, get get your book? And if, if there's anything else that you're working on. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm working on a, um, well, so you can get the book COVID-19 Humanity Spiritual Awakening on Amazon and on uh, Barnes and Noble uh, online. The books are both available there. And uh, you can reach out to me at forestrivers.com. I have a contact form, and you can, you know, you can write me. It goes straight to my email, um, and it's f-o-r-r-e-s-t rivers.com. And I'm working actually on a new project. I, I guess you could call it a uh, sequel to uh, the last the COVID-19 Humanity Spiritual Awakening. The the book I think is called um, The Search for Meaning mm, During a Pandemic During a Pandemic. And I'm setting out to interview uh hundreds of people from all walks of life and asking them two simple questions. Please share with me your experience during COVID, your personal experience. And secondly, how has COVID, your experience during COVID, added meaning? to your life. And I want to talk about, I want to get real, put a more human face on this and understand how this is, how this is, how has this period helped us find more meaning in our lives? And uh, if any of your, any, any of your uh, listeners want to reach out to me and share me their stories, I would be grateful. So. Oh, wonderful. And one more time, how they can connect with you. I'm sure we have listeners that contact me that, you, that would love to contact you and talk oh. to, share their story of how they navigated the terrain of suffering. Yeah, how they navigate the terrain of suffering and how they gain, what kind of meaning did they gain from this? And so you can reach six, me at yeah, yeah, www.forestrivers.com, F-O-R-R-E-S-T, rivers.com. Forrest, you are a delight. Thank you for the work you're doing in the universe. Thank you to all my everyday peacemakers. Uh, I look forward to our time together again. Make these next seven days count. I absolutely love you. Oh, so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.